Well, let me ask you guys this. Why do you want to be number one? Why not? Why, why wouldn't you want to face Clemson as, as, in, the, in the first playoff game, then LSU in the championship game? Like you said, this is a team of destiny. This is our year. This is our time. best chance to get Clemson and LSU in the same year. All right, final score from Indianapolis. Ohio State 34, Wisconsin 21. The Buckeyes storm back from a 21-7 halftime deficit to overwhelm the Badgers in the second half. Ohio State is your outright Big Ten champion for the third year in a row. We've just learned the Buckeyes dropped from number one to number two in the final college football rankings, which I know we all have some feelings about. They will face the defending national champions, number three seed Clemson, in the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona on December the 28th. Number one LSU and number four Oklahoma will make up the other side of the playoff bracket. They'll square off in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, also played on December the 28th. The winners of those two semifinals will play in New Orleans on January 13th for the national championship. So to get things started, guys, I'd like to go around the horn and just get your your reaction to the final playoff rankings. Tim, let's start with you. Um, so don't like it. Uh, don't agree with it. Don't don't think we're number two. Think we're number one. Um, you know, I think LSU's defense is suspect. I think the fact that they played an FCS team should be an immediate disqualification for them. I think the committee and college football has got to learn, you know, to get these guys to play real games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I agree. I think it's close. Uh, I think LSU is a very deserving team. They're very good. Um, but I think, you know, I just don't think the committee was looking at certain things like the fact that Georgia wasn't typically Georgia mm-hmm. yesterday. They had a ton of injuries and, you know, they, they really weren't the number four team in the country. And so fine, they had a good win against them. Um, you know, I, and I just don't think that they really took into consideration what it's like to end the season, you know, with Penn State at Michigan and then uh, beating another, beating Wisconsin again another time. Um, and, you know, I just think that got discounted. And so don't agree with it. But at the end of the day, I don't really care. And if it provides motivation for Day to say, hey, you know, we got bumped down to number two and they don't respect us and they don't respect the Big Ten, then great, we'll take it. And, you know, I'm happy to beat. I'm happy to beat Clemson. Those guys have been a thorn in our side from the day Woody Hayes punched one of their punk players to, you know, the couple times that he beat uh, the Dabo beat Meyer. Like I'm ready to beat Clemson. Fuck Clemson, <laughs> Mr. Corbin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike, Fuck I want. <laughs> Mike, I want to get your uh, your view. You you felt Ohio State, you felt that we should want to be number two and face Clemson in the first round. How do you love feel it. about now that it's shaken out that way? I love it. It felt exactly the way I wanted it, and I don't understand why you why you guys would not want this game. This is this we want this game. This is, for exactly what you just said. I'm still brooding over that whole Woody Hayes firing thing too. <laughs> Not to mention a 31 nothing uh, a blowout two two years ago, three years ago. This is this is where we're going to exact our revenge. We're going to get these bastards. We're going to get all these bastards. This is the year we've got it. Especially the way we we picked ourselves up off the mat and came back. I, I couldn't be more impressed with how we performed that second half. Last year, the year before, year before that, we never would have done that. Yeah, never. We would have come out. We would have folded. Yeah. We, we wouldn't even be in the playoffs. We'd be, you know, they, we would have dropped from one to five, and we'd be out. <laughs> but this is this is great. We want this team. This team is special. I'm with you, Zach. What you've been saying all along. This is a special team, and now we've got the players. We got the firepower. These guys are gone next year. Young is gone. Uh, Dobbins is gone. The defense is, you know, Akuda is gone. What a difference he made when he came back. Yeah. I mean, this is the year we're going to get him, the defending champs, and then we're going to take down LSU. All right. Chad, how, how, are you, how are you feeling looking at these final rankings? I'll be honest with you, T. I'm a little bummed out. But you know what? Like, Mike, you know, just made me feel a little bit better about, like, you know, getting, you know, I'm excited. I want Clemson. I've wanted Clemson from the beginning of the year. But, you know, I I agree with, like, Tim was saying. It's, it's bullshit. 
Georgia was not number four in the country. Yeah. Um, so and just because they pulled away from them, I mean, like, like Georgia looked like shit. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. Fucking, I think fucking Wisconsin would have beat Georgia yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's it's a little it's a little this disheartening, but whatever, it's all good. All you right. know, we're in the playoff, mm-hmm. which is great. Let's let's fucking do this shit, man. Let's <laughs> go. All right, Matt, how are you feeling right now? Hey, we're in the championship. We're in the playoff championship. There's nothing really more we can really ask for. We weren't there last year. Um, and what heartens me or what gets me really excited about this team is no, none of the other teams went through a three-game stretch or three-game gauntlet that we did, mm-hmm. uh, much less a two-game gauntlet. Right. Uh, so I feel that you know we were behind yesterday, behind two touchdowns. And came back. So none of the other teams have that of that feeling of, especially LSU, of being behind by that significant amount, uh, getting hit in the mouth a couple times, really, really hard, and then bouncing back from that, regrouping, coming up with some in- interesting plays like that. God, that punt call was phenomenal. Yeah, brass balls um, on <laughs> brass balls on day. But it also <laughs> gave you the, you know, Tim told me, you know, Tim made the point over text is like the amount of confidence he has in his players to to call that uh-huh. so I'm, I'm really excited about all this there's nothing about Cle- Clemson to me comes in yeah they look great but they've been playing a bunch of Bush League teams so yeah they've been doing what they should be doing but they haven't been getting challenged and when you mm-hmm. come into a playoff series not being challenged uh, I think you're you're ripe for the picking okay okay I like that's a strong take Paige how you feeling man <laughs> I, I'm very surprised um, I'll just start off with that. I love Corcoran's cake, um, but then I'm also like, be careful what you wish for. But then to what Gallagher said, and this is what is frustrating about it, is that the, the SEC can schedule an FCS team and Ohio State stacks Michigan and Penn State as their last two games, and no one calls the SEC out for this stuff. And so why would they change? So kudos to them. But then what's the Big Ten thinking, you know, making Ohio State go through that three-game gauntlet at the end? So, Mm -hmm. you know, is it completely random? I don't know, but it's just – it's ridiculous that they set it up that way. And there's no way that you convince me otherwise that Ohio State just wasn't physically and mentally tired going into that game against Wisconsin. I agree. And that's why they looked so lethargic in the first half. I also agree with Corkin. Like, um you know, the fact that they were able to turn it around in the second half, I don't think, you know, Ohio State teams from years past would have been able to do that. So that was awesome to see. Mm-hmm. But and, and then the last point is, I mean, who really wants to see an LSU Clemson championship game? And I've always think you got to set these things up in the right way. And LSU should be number two. We should play Oklahoma, and then we get Clemson in the championship game. That, to me, is a much more compelling setup. And why would you drop them to number two after they were number one? Just because LSU's defense is playing a little bit better? It just makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Who cares? We've got to go take care of business. It'll be great. I actually prefer the game in Arizona. Yeah. Um, there'll be a ton of Buckeyes at that place. So it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought after watching the SEC title game, and I even texted you guys to this effect, that Ohio State needed a dominant performance against Wisconsin, you know, after LSU eviscerated Georgia. Whether you believe Georgia is a, was a true top-five team or not, I guess it doesn't matter because the committee viewed them as such, and LSU eviscerated them. I, but, I mean, watching just watching the, the, the games, Wisconsin was a far more competitive, more balanced team and a much tougher opponent for Ohio State than what Georgia presented to LSU. I thought Georgia packed it in in the third quarter. I mean, that game was over. It's pretty much over by halftime, but midway through the, the third quarter, I mean, Georgia, I mean, they were mentally, they'd already gotten on the bus. Um, I, but hey, I, I'm looking at it. If you pull back the lens, we go back to the start of the season. If I were to tell you guys Ohio State would be 13-0, uh, outright Big Ten champs and the number two seed in the playoffs, I take it, right? We'd all take that. I mean, the 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 end result is that we're all, you know, we're still in pretty darn good shape. Um, as far as yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit with you, Paige. Careful what we wish for with this Clemson matchup. 
um, th- they scare me a bit. And we can get into that later when we take a peek at that matchup. Um, but And I'm slightly disappointed they didn't get the one seed. But I actually do like the idea of Ohio State being um, an underdog in this game. And I think, I th- I think they're going to be a Vegas underdog in this game. And if not that, you're going to have a good bit of these national analysts who are all going to be picking Clemson to beat Ohio State. So, and, you know, they're going to be motivated after being dropped from one to two. So there's a little added motivation. Matt, I think you had mentioned that. So I think it's, it's a good position to be in for a team this talented as, as a team that maybe some people are counting out. Tim, I want to kick it back to you. I'd like to get your initial impressions of what happened in the Big Ten championship game yesterday. So for me, I, I really think it came down to uh, what Day talked about after the game, which is, <clears throat> and what I think the committee is really missing, which is just that you can't, you, you, you can't discount how difficult it is for 18 to 21-year-old kids to go through three enormous games in a row like that. And that's I, what I really think the committee's missing. Uh, and to me, I think the first half was that that's what it was about. Ohio State seemed flat, tired, um, not super motivated. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, you had a Wisconsin team that was just, just playing their, their, the lights out of the place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of showed in the score. I think mostly indicative, which was the, the very end of the half, when all they had to do was stop Jonathan Taylor, and for, even if they get, let him get four or five yards, mm-hmm. Wisconsin probably takes a knee and goes in. Instead, he gets 45 yards, mm-hmm. and they end up going down and scoring. Um, and to me, that's just, they weren't focused, they're tired, um, you know, it's been mentally draining, and, you know, they needed, they needed a punch in the mouth to kind of get them to where they eventually got to. And so I think that, I think that was a big influence. I thought the fake punt was one of the greatest calls <laughs> ever. Um, <laughs> not because, I mean, look, what ended up happening was that they went down the field and then fields fumbled and, you know, close to the end zone. So they got nothing out of it except the coach saying, I've got so much confidence in you guys, I'm calling this play, and they executed the play. Yeah. And that had to feed into the whole, um, the whole psyche of everybody as they were going through the game. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, plus the, 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 don't discount the injuries. I mean, Wade was out last week. Fields, I mean, Day said that they couldn't open up the playbook this week the way that they would like to. No run pass options, No, obviously no QB running. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were limited mm-hmm. in terms of what they could do. And I just feel like it took them, a, uh, obviously, a half to kind of get it figured out. But then when they got it figured out, I mean, they absolutely dominated the second half. Yes. I mean, forget, forget the last two possessions, which were more or less garbage time for Wisconsin. Prior to those two possessions where they got 100 yards, they had 40 yards and no points in the second <laughs> half. I mean, that is total domination and not something that we saw out of LSU yesterday at all. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, in the third quarter, Ohio State outgained Wisconsin 144-23 to and, out, and, and outscored them 17, 17 zip. So it, and then and that continued into the fourth quarter, as you mentioned, Tim, and then save for some you know late garbage time yardage, um, which Jack Cohn paid for, by the way, on the game's final play. I, we circulated that hit by Proctor. He paid big time for picking up some of those garbage time yards at the end. Um, hey, Mike, I wanted to get your takeaways from the game. What did you see? So I agreed with the uh, the fake punt call uh, that had a big impact on our psych when we needed it. I love that call. Also, the uh, the Jonathan Taylor thing, uh, 45 yards, that was a killer. That was deeply upsetting. I can't believe that happened. Um, I did not feel good. I did not, I'm not, not feel as good as I'm feeling now at halftime last uh, yesterday as far as uh, how, go- how good we were. However, I disagree on the fact that, um, you know, this gauntlet we've run, Penn State, Michigan, and Wisconsin had an adverse effect on our first half. I think it has more to do with the fact, uh, Zach, you said it last week. This is the first time we've played the same team twice in a season in 40 years. That had everything to do with it. We crushed these guys three weeks ago. They came out. It's just, it's just very difficult. It's hard to prepare for a team you crushed. Yeah. And that is what, why we didn't come out in the first half. Mm. But 
we came back in the second half like we always do, and we were a completely different team. Chase Young decided to start playing. I don't know what they did. I really don't know. I did not expect that. But they, this is the markings of a championship team to do something like that. 27 nothing in the second half. Mm-hmm. We crushed. I did not think the injuries uh, to, to anybody. I mean, I'm glad Okudo came back. That's definitely somebody we needed. Oh, yeah. Without him, I don't know. Um, but um, Fields was, was, was good in the second half. I don't think the injuries slowed him down. Uh, Wade was good. They were all good. Uh, Dobbins was awesome. And uh, so I, I think it helps us, if anything, playing these tough games uh, to line up every week against somebody, uh, uh, these, you know, these, these tough uh, guys. So I'm feeling real good about this, uh, this team and that game yesterday. That was the best game we played all year. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think there is something to be said uh, about being battle-tested. You know, you've got some scars on you. And, and, and that steals you for, you know, kind of sharpens what is iron sharpens iron, as they like to say, for the playoffs. Chad, what were your takeaways from the game yesterday? Oh. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I, I wasn't worried about the game at all. I mean, I, you know, we go down 14 nothing, we're trailing halftime at 21 7. I knew we were going to get the ball to the second half. And, I, you know, I was telling the guys I was watching the game with, I was like, I'm not worried about this. But, you know, it was a little disappointing to see us start out that way because mm-hmm. I just wanted to kick her ass. I mean, I'm glad to, obviously glad to take the win. I mean, however you get it, it doesn't matter. But he's got a little sluggish. Our offensive line and defensive, like both like lines on both sides of the ball were just not that great in the first, like, you know, half yeah. at all. And it was like a complete turnaround, you know, in the second half. But that, you know, I mean, come on. I know Tim mentioned it, but that fake punt, man, that is just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's ballsy, man. I mean, you know, you've got <laughs> – you don't get the – you don't convert that, man. They're they're on the, what, six or seven-yard line? The 26-yard line. We we attempted but, that fake from the Ohio State's own 26-yard line down 14 nothing. That's crazy. Yeah. That's just fucking awesome, man. But <laughs> – uh, you know, I, I love the adversity. We came through, and uh, we ended up, you know, kicking their ass in the second half. Um, you know, and like I said, I'm, I'm excited. I, I think that these uh, last three games are just going to make us stronger uh, when we, we need it to be, like December 28th and January 13th. So, All right. Sloaner, give us your takeaways. You, you know, about that punt, do you remember what happened the first series? We had a fourth down. It was like a fourth and six, and yeah. we didn't make so to the give extra weight to that punt play is like that was something on the heels of a fourth down that didn't happen. Yeah. And to have that kind of extra strength. And you know what? There's part of me that feels like he did that to kind of give those guys like, look, guys, wake up. Yeah. You got you to play it a little bit more intensely. We need to be back in the attacking. I thought overall Fields played a very flat game. He, was, he wasn't setting his feet. He was overthrowing hmm. what was pretty – fundamentally fairly he was looking like from from georgia quite frankly he was like <laughs> overpassing not hitting simple targets here throwing it too much behind or too much over um and i think i, I think urban during the halftime show said something about the bracing is help is hurting is not making it easy for him to plan mm. uh, which seemed apparent so it, to me it was a tale of what you don't want to see or you're hoping not to see in the first half and the second half was everything you want to see from this team um, and I think, again, it's a character building uh, and, you know, to do the point about these being young guys, giving them the confidence to feel like, hey, guys, the coaching staff and everyone's behind you, even when you are behind two touchdowns. And we have we you guys need to depend on each other and everyone pick each other up when we come behind when we're behind the eight ball a little bit and take it to them. we have we have the talent, we have the play calling, we have the coaching. We have the experience to be able to come back from these kind of adversities. And there's, I mean, again, I said it earlier in the show, it's to have that in your tool set that you know that you can do this is humongous. And I don't think the other teams have it. So I think the biggest takeaway for me, like even that that we didn't play our best ball, far from our best ball. And 100%, all uh, credit to Whiskey, man. They came in with a great plan. They obviously watched watched the Michigan game, saw Uh ways of, stopping Chase Young and exploiting our middle. Mm-hmm. Those quick slants and everything, we're going for big gainers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came at us with a well-executed, smart, 
and planned. And I think everyone from Taylor to Cohen to the receivers all played exceptionally well. And their defense played well. Yeah. Uh, their O line, their O line played well. Their DL played well. I thought they played a well overall game. They have nothing to hang their hats about. We were just we just kicked it in from third gear to fifth, and it was all over in the second half. Paige, give us your takeaways. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Sloaner's building off what Sloaner said. It was curious to me that um, Wisconsin actually won the coin toss um, and and wanted the ball, and I just I, like from the moment like wow okay and. They did. They had a hell of a game plan, and they just came out throwing haymakers. And, you know, they, they caught Ohio State definitely flat, and it was just an energy thing. I think we all had a lackadaisical um, attitude towards it. <laughs> so you figure the players also would have a lackadaisical attitude towards it. And then, you know, talking about the punt play, I wonder if Ryan Day, you know, just really practiced that, thinking in the back of his, of his mind, like, you know, there's a pretty good chance we might be a little bit flat coming after, you know, the, the last two games and playing a, a team twice in uh, the same year. And I might need something to spark them. And sure enough, you know, there it presented itself and they executed it. Um, that was amazing. To me, the player of the game, though, is Akuda, right? Cephas was killing us, yeah. killing us in the first half. And then Akuda comes back in the second half, and guess what? That just gets shut down. Now, it doesn't really probably show up in the stat sheet other than that guy doesn't make much of an impact in the second half. But clearly, you know, Akuda just comes in, and, and he's locked down. And then our receivers just across the board were making just ridiculous catches. Amen. Right? Oh. Ruckert's one-handed catch. Mack had a ridiculous one-handed catch. Uh, K.J. Hill was rock solid. Um, and part of that is, you know, the, the ball was kind of floating on fields a little bit. And so to a large extent, you know, our receivers were, were kind of bailing him out with just some sick, sick catches. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, I was surprised. I, I, you know, just, but when you think about it, we all kind of thought, man, this might happen, right? It's a tough gauntlet. Um, but we just have too much talent. And essentially that's what you saw in the second half. And the last thing I'll say is, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm continually amazed at the second half adjustment that these guys make. I mean, how you go from watching that offensive performance by Wisconsin in the first half to absolutely shutting them down in the second half is ridiculous. So hats off to, to Halfley and those guys. They're obviously phenomenal coaches, and they know how to make adjustments, and then the players go out and execute. So it was, it was great to see. My takeaways, uh, I mean, I, I don't really have much more to add than what's already been mentioned here, um, but I will emphasize, uh, as many of you have, that Ohio State clearly came out flat. Zero energy. Uh, I didn't like the body language. Uh, there was, uh, it, when Wisconsin uh, scored that second touchdown, I saw some deer-in-the-headlights looks from some of the defensive players. Uh, I think when you're fatigued, um, things like tackling and fundamentals slip. And we saw that in the first half where there was some sloppy, poor tackling. Jonathan Taylor had the two 45-yard runs, one for Wisconsin's first touchdown. And one, as quite frankly, they were trying to run out the clock, right? Wisconsin was clearly content to go in to the half, up 14-7. They call a run play from John for Jonathan Taylor that should have been the last play of the half. There was 41 seconds to go. That was probably going to be the last play of the half. And... Uh, You've got Pete Warner missing a tackle in the in the hole. And Taylor gave him a pretty gnarly stiff arm. You had some other guys in the secondary taking bad angles, and all of a sudden Wisconsin's in business. That was the low point of the game, I think, for Ohio State. Um, Paige, you already mentioned the second-half adjustments. Ohio State overwhelmed Wisconsin in the third quarter, outscoring them 17-zip, outgaining them 144-23. to I mean, less than five minutes into the second half, Ohio State had cut the deficit from 21-7 to 21-17. And at that point, I started feeling much better about our chances, and I thought we had the opportunity to actually win convincingly from that stage. Um, I thought the difference in the game was the Ohio State passing game. Paige, you had already made reference to that. Fields did start off, uh, uh, he had a rough start. He was 7 of 14 passing in the first half. He finished the game 12 of 17 uh, in the second half. Now, he was aided in, in a, it largely by some great catches from his receivers, Paige, as you've already mentioned. 
there were also some big time plays by Ohio State in the passing game on third and long on all four of their touchdown drives. In the first half, Ohio State found themselves third and nine. Uh, Fields hits Chris Olave for 16 yards. That eventually led to Ohio State's first touchdown in the first half. Fast forward to the second half, Ohio State's first possession of the second half. They're third and seven. I mean, Wisconsin has them exactly where they want them. Fields scrambles, buys extra time, and hits Chris Olave, who adjusts his route for 50 yards. That was a big-time play, big-time play. Uh, That sets up Ohio State's second touchdown of the game. Uh, Later on in that quarter, they faced another third and seven. Fields hits K.J. Hill for 10 yards. And then uh, later in the fourth quarter, Ohio State facing third and 18. Fields to Ben Victor for 28 yards. That was a hell of a catch and run by Victor. Somewhat reminiscent of the catch and run he had against Penn State last year uh, for the touchdown. So the receivers were excellent. And everybody, I think, who caught a pass had at least one play where they were in full extension, snaring the ball out of the air with both hands, maybe even had a guy draped on him. The receivers were excellent. I mean, big time, big time play out of the Ohio State receivers. Um, That was my big takeaway uh, from the game and really was the difference in the game to me. Guys, any other takeaways we haven't mentioned here yet? Okay. How about concerns coming out of this game? Uh, Tim, any concerns uh, going into the matchup with Clemson? Uh, Not really. I think my biggest concern has been this run of three games and then the injuries. Um, But none of the injuries that the, the guys have seem to be something that's going to keep them out with three more weeks of rest. Uh, you know, Fields knee will, will get better. It might not be 100%, but I expect him to be a lot more uh, mobile than he has been the last couple of weeks. Wade should be fine. You know, Browning seems to be fine. Tyreek Smith is back. So uh, to me, I think what I'm most concerned about is just us not having our players. Mm-hmm. And it uh, seems like we're going to have them. Um, I, I think a break will renew focus. Uh, I think the getting through these three games the way that they did um, will, uh, you know, will allow the guys to have some confidence and uh, day will, you know, allow them rest, but he's also going to, going to focus them, Um, you know, and that's probably the one thing that's just the biggest unknown for Ohio state, right? Is Ryan day hasn't been here before. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but he hadn't been to a Michigan game before and he hadn't been to a big 10 championship game before. And he's, proven so far that he can push the right buttons Mm -hmm. so i'm not particularly concerned that you know day hasn't been there Uh, i think where coaching's going in college football is guys like lincoln riley and ryan day and Dabo sweeney and guys like that are stepping up and being successful and you don't need to be bear bryant or nick saban or urban meyer right everyone's got to break through at once so um I, i don't I don't see a lot of weaknesses on this team. I really don't, and I don't have a lot of concerns. I think it's going to be a really good game versus Clemson. Okay. Chad, do you have any concerns? You know, I don't. No? we got three weeks to prepare, man. I mean, you know, the only thing I'm really concerned about is, like, just – you know, honestly, we've got three weeks to prepare. I know that like, sounds stupid, but I, I think we're fine, man. Okay. They're going to they're going to work on the offensive and defensive line, both sides of the ball, the next three weeks, and uh, you know, fields will get healthier. I think we're, I think we're good, man. I'm okay. excited. Mike, have you seen anything the last two weeks, maybe against Wisconsin or Michigan, that would be a concern for you going into this matchup with Clemson? Um, not injuries and not the gauntlet. Um, the only, the same concerns we, we've, we've talked about this, uh, this season, which is we're a little weak over the middle and, um, you know, fields is he's, he, I'm solid quarterback. Love him. He's going to get better. He's going to be better next year. He, you know, he has ball sale on him, but he has ball sale on him just about every game. It takes him a while to get warmed up. And he's only thrown one interception all year, I believe. I, I think he's got to get more accuracy for these games. We're going to need him playing his best. He seems to get better as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of improvising. You know, he he scrambles around, and in the first half, he was getting sacked. 
the second half he was getting away. He was buying more time and making those big plays that were saving our ass. Those plays may be harder to come by against the top the top teams. Yeah. So we're going to have to play well. Believe I mean it's not like we're I'm, I'm so confident we're going to blow these teams out. But um, other than that, and then the defense, you know. It, We'll just have to make make you know make up for the the our weak uh, uh, middle linebackers, which you know I'm just just Borland and Werner are just my my Achilles heel on this team, I think. Um, but uh, you, you know, the other guys will have to just help out and scrunch in. Okay, and I, I don't think it's going to be too detrimental. Paige, any concerns? I think Mikey hit it. I think. It's it, the the only weak spot on this team is our linebacker play. I mean, there was Browning had Taylor. I think it was in the first quarter, dead to rights, um, missed him. It was Cone. It was Jack uh, Cone. Orland. I think it was Cone. Was it? Yeah, he had a scram. Yeah, yeah, totally whiffed on him. Sorry, go ahead. Totally whiffed on him. Yeah, and Browning. I mean, uh, Orland. You know, I, I just love the highlights of watching running backs run in the touchdown and tough. Orland being five yards behind him. It's just so <laughs> pleasurable to watch. Um, it happens over and over and over again, even though those guys have, you know, they've had their moments. They've been better this year. But, yeah, I mean, for sure, there's some things to, to, to be concerned about, specific, you know, going against Clemson. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, they had some success. Michigan in the first half, first half had some success, um, even, in, you know, in, in the passing game. So, and let's, you know, let's be clear. I, I believe Clemson to be solidly, you know, superior to both Wisconsin and Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to play Clemson, but I'm also, you know, it's going to take Ohio State's best game to win that game. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I would agree with that. Matt, do you have any concerns heading into Clemson? You know, the thing that I'm most concerned with, I'll, you know, what Mike mentioned, of course, I, I agree with, um, is the, the DL line. Uh, you know, they with Michigan and the Whiskey, they were focusing on Chase, and no one else on that line really stu- stood up until latter, you know, in the second half. Mm-hmm. I think that those the guys on the other guys on that line need to kind of uh, assert themselves a little bit more, be a little bit more aggressive, so they they're made to pay for doubling up or focusing on Chase Young and thus making it easier for him, a little easier for him to get to the quarterback. I think having a little bit more quarterback pressure is going to be key going forward, getting Lawrence on his ass, putting him there a couple times early to make him feel like this is not going to be an easy day for him is going to, I think, one of the more crucial points uh, that we have to establish early along with, you know, the linebacker play. But I think, you know, from a lot of those earlier games and a lot of the, you know, the first whiskey game uh, to the Penn State game, you know, getting Chase in there and getting the DL in there to put pressure on the quarterback is going to be key. And the playoffs, that's going to be even more so uh, something that's going to help our defense. And, you know, you're watching that Georgia game and you, Burrow's got, what, like 30 seconds to throw the ball. Just, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's something that we need to take that and really focus on finding ways or having those guys really – you know, I think they have the, you know, Harris, those guys have the, the capabilities to do it, uh, but uh, it needs to be, it needs to be done earlier rather than later. Mm-hmm. So I, I am a little concerned that far lesser QBs than Trevor Lawrence, Shea Patterson, Jack Cohn had so much success throwing the ball against Ohio State. Now, granted, they were really only able to do it for a half, but I think there is reason to uh, to wonder how that Ohio State pass defense is going to hold up against a, a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, or should they get their Joe Burrow? Um, they have three weeks to figure it out, and and, and I think uh, it starts with the pass rush, right? I think we've looked the last couple of weeks. Ohio State finished with two sacks last night. I believe they had two against Michigan. Chase Young did not register a sack in either game. You could see clearly last night there were there were some clips circulating on Twitter of. Uh, just you know, uh, screenshots of of uh, triple teams that Chase Young was getting from the Wisconsin offensive line. Um, it, they're sure to see more of that from Clemson, 
and uh, you know you got a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who doesn't need nearly the amount of time uh, that a, a quarterback like Patterson or Cone would need to hurt you. He doesn't need a, a giant window to fit balls in. He can he can fit him into tight windows. He's a big time quarterback. Could very well be the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft. So that is a big giant for the Ohio State defense to slay. We'll see how they do. You know, they got three weeks to prepare. But that is a concern for me because we've seen it now a couple weeks in a row, lesser quarterbacks having success in the passing game against the Ohio State defense. Um, and, I, and I wonder what adjustments Ohio State can make to get Chase Young uh, more favorable matchups in, in pass rush situations. I also want to see the, def- the other defensive linemen uh, not take a whole half to to start winning their one-on-one matchup or their one-on-one battles, right? I mean, I'm sorry. Look, Chase Young is going to get double and triple team. That's just, you know, that's how life, that's life in the big city now going forward, which puts the onus on the rest of the guys on that defensive line to go win their one-on-one matchups. They need to start doing that earlier in the game. I, I think Ohio State can ill afford a start like they had against Michigan uh, defensively or a start like they had against Wisconsin I mean, against an opponent like Clemson, man, it, all it could take is one quarter, and you find yourself down 14 nothing, 21 nothing. They can't find themselves in that position because now you're facing a defense with like talent that can make a lead like that hold up. So I don't want to be alarmist either, but these are just kind of just kind of thinking out loud here. Things Ohio State's going to have to get fixed. The other thing that we've been talking about, Justin Field takes a lot of sacks. He holds on to the ball a really long time, and I think you have to live with some of that because of his playmaking ability, as we saw in the 50-yard pass completion uh, to Olave in the second half. It was really you know, his ability to keep plays alive, Fields that is, and uh, you know, th- that really created that play. So you have to live with some of that. He's got to get better at uh, getting rid of that ball earlier, and he's got to take better care of the ball again. Again, he put the ball on the, bo- the, ball on the ground again in the red zone, uh, so those are just concerns. I'm not saying Ohio State can't fix that. I'm not saying that that's what's going to get them beat. Those are some concerns for me heading into the matchup with Clemson. Anybody else have anything See, else they want to mention? I'd say one other thing sure, that yeah, I go forgot ahead. to say about uh, – I, I, I noticed a lot of missed tackles last night. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, did anyone else notice that? I, I did. mean, like, hold on. Like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, they were much better in the second half, uh, but I think that that I just chalk up to, Paige, you mentioned this, a sluggish start. Uh, you know, they're not coming out with energy. Maybe they were physically and emotionally. There was a physical and emotional tax, I think, playing Penn State and Michigan back-to-back. I, I truly believe that, and I, and I think that explains at least some of what we saw in missed tackles in the first half. Um, guys, any other uh, concerns, observations from last night you want to share? All right, well, let's let's just take a quick peek ahead to Clemson. And I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, we haven't had much time to digest uh, the matchup, uh, as we just found out about it, so we don't have to go too in-depth. But I just want to get how everyone's feeling about the matchup now. Uh, just a quick uh, stat here. Ohio State is 0-3 all-time against Clemson. All three of those matchups were in bowl games. The 1978 Gator Bowl, Ohio State lost 17-15. to We all, as Ohio State fans, remember that was the Woody Hayes' last game. He punched a Clemson player uh, at the end of the game on the Ohio State sidelines after Arch Schleister threw, threw away the game, actually. The ball was intercepted. Guy was run out of bounds uh, at the Ohio State bench, and, and Woody slugged him. Uh, Ohio State lost tw- uh, in the 2013 Orange Bowl to Clemson 40-35. to That was Braxton Miller's last game as a quarterback. He actually injured his shoulder in that game, and we never saw him again at the quarterback position in Ohio State after that. And then we all painfully remember, Mike, you mentioned it earlier, the 2016 playoff loss at the hands of Clemson, 31-0. That was in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, So it's time. Hey, we're due, man. Uh, Let's go get a win. Tim, how are you feeling about this matchup going in? Well, I mean, I think you can certainly say that Two out of those three losses are two of the worst losses in Ohio State history. One cost us Woody, and the other one was probably the largest embarrassment of a game I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, hopefully uh, that's that's another motivating factor. Uh, look, they're they're good, and it's going to be a tough game. Uh, but 
as we've seen with Ohio State teams in the past, when they have played uh, a weaker Big Ten schedule and just sort of skated through towards the end uh, or to the end, sometimes that works against you. Um, you know, granted, Clemson has looked better the second half of the season. Uh, they didn't really beat Texas A&M that well. They almost lost to North Carolina. So they seem to be playing better. But uh, until you play against that level of competition every week, I think that is going to be a bit of a weakness. And now they're going to have three weeks off. And, uh, you know, they've been coasting. And now they're going to get hit in the mouth. So uh, I think uh, I think Day's got to look to be aggressive early and try and come out and get a lead in that game because Clemson will get it together. And it'll be a four-quarter game. But, um, you know, uh, I think it's going to be super tight, and uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. You know, right. Sweeney's a good coach, and he's going to have those guys ready. All right. Mike, what do you think? I have not seen – I watched a little bit the first quarter and then flipped over during the, the, the commercials to the Clemson-Virginia game. Um, and Virginia just, you know, they just look pretty hapless on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently that's like one of their tougher games this year. <laughs> I think Clemson's got, they, they haven't, exactly what Tim just said, they have not played anybody this year. They, they're going to be in for something. Um, also the fact that they're defending champs, it's hard to repeat it's hard to get back up. Also for the fact that they've already beaten us. The, I mean, it'd be like if we're playing Notre Dame or Oregon or something like that, a team they always seem to beat with no problems. They're, they're not going to have the same motivation as we're, we're having in this game. And uh, I, I think we're going we're gonna to match up well. They're saying their defense is probably better than they were last year. That's when they had those five – those. Uh, you know, four guys on the defensive line that all went pro. Mm-hmm. Um, Trevor Lawrence is probably a little bit better. You know, he's got a little more mature. But they had a magical run last year. I, I do I not think Debo is going to have the same type of uh, motivation. They've been there a couple times, three, four times in the last four years. They, they have a, a big motivation problem coming into this game. Okay. I think the line was I think I think it was even now. It was started at OSU minus one and Clemson minus then it moved to Clemson's favor and now since we've been talking it's right around even. Okay. That's what I heard. All right. Chad. So, anyway. Okay. Chad, how are you feeling going into this matchup? What do you think? Well I think you guys all know my my fucking hatred for Dabo. <laughs> Dabo. So I, uh, I'm excited. It's going to be a challenge. I think it's going to be more of a game than, you know, LSU or Oklahoma would be, obviously, um, because of the def- like defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a test for our, uh, our DBs, but you know what? Those guys, most of them, not all of them are going to be playing the NFL. So, you know, let's, let's go. Right. Um, I just need the offensive line to block, you know, get like break the holes. Give Justin some time to throw the ball. Um, I think we'll be good, man. Okay. I'm, I'm excited for this matchup. So you're feeling good about I it, want, right? Uh, I, I feel good about it. I'm, you know, obviously a little nervous as well because um, I want to be playing on January 13th. I uh, want to be in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think they'll have these guys ready, man. I really do. Okay. Paige? <laughs> I think you could throw – I, I disagree with everything. Uh, all, all the cliches, like they haven't played anybody and battle tested, but that's all fine and good. Clemson's freaking talented, man. I mean, mm-hmm. that offense is ridiculous. And I don't know if anyone's paying attention, but they've scored like 50 or 60 points in five of their last six games. Yeah. Paige, before I don't you care if the competition's not. Yeah. I was just going to say, before that. you go on, let me back you up here with some numbers. They had the close call at UNC. 21-20, they squeaked that one out. Here are the score results since then. 45-14, 45 15 15 15-9-7, 15-9-14, 55-10, 52-3, 38-7, 62-17. Sorry, go ahead. But who are their opponents? Yeah, how many FCS teams are in there? <laughs> we had a score of 73-7. Yeah. We're not playing Rutgers every week. That's still pretty impressive. I, Paige, Paige, go ahead. Wake Forest. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. They they haven't played. But, I, you know, I, I just 
I don't know that I think just because, you know, we went through a pretty rough three-game stretch, that just is clearly an advantage for Ohio State, whereas Clemson, I, I could make the argument that Clemson's going to be rested and uh, because they didn't, you know, have to play tough games. They weren't battle-tested, so, so they're not banged up. So it's a clear advantage for Clemson to have played that crappy schedule. It's going to be, I, I think it's a coin flip who wins that game. Um, I mean, we clearly have the talent to play with them. There's no way it's a 31 nothing game like two years ago. But I don't think there's any way we just walk in and wall those guys either. I think it's a fourth quarter game. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that helps us because, you know, we've been in some you know tougher battles than they have. But... I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, hang my hat solely on that fact. I think it's it's going to be it's going to come right down to the end, one way or the other. If I'm Ryan Day, uh, it would behoove me to present Clemson to my team as a program that's been to four straight national title games and won two of the last three. I would not present them to my team as a, a program that's played nobody this year and isn't battle-tested. And, and that's why I am inclined to give Clemson the benefit of the doubt uh, with respect to their, their schedule, right? I mean, clearly they haven't been tested. But as a program, uh, they've been to the last four national championship games and, and have beaten some great Alabama teams to win the national championship. They destroyed, dismantled Alabama last year. Um, that's a team that's coming into this game with a lot of playoff and championship experience um, they have a huge advantage in that department uh, having been there as a program the last three years Ohio State is only now just getting back there from 2016 you've got some key contributors of the Ohio, of this Ohio State team has, that have never played in a game like this so advantage Clemson I'm with you Paige uh, I think uh, th- this is a big dragon to slay and you know, I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. Let's be careful what we wish for. Okay, well, we got it. Uh, it but on the uh, by the the same token, you know, back in two thousand two, when we had to face that Miami Hurricane team that looked unbeatable, you know, we said to ourselves, "Hey, if you want to be be the best, you got to beat the best." And here's an opportunity to show what your program is made of. You're getting the defending national champions, um, you know, in this semifinal. So, hey, let the chips fall where they may. May the best team win. And, and, and well, certainly I think we're equipped to deal with this team. We're equipped to compete with this team. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. You know, the, the thing that is you want motivation, they are the defending champs. They haven't lost a game. And they're, they're number three. Mm-hmm. So you want their motivation. They're, you know, if I were, I don't even want to say his name, DS, he could tell his team, he's like, you guys are not, you guys are the defending champs, and look where they, how much they think about you. You guys are number three. Yeah. So that's enough. To, if those guys are proud champions, which they could be, um, that's enough motivation that you need right there. What I like about this, about everything about this, is Ryan Day has an opportunity to assert his, his legend about who he is as a coach right now. Because the expectations through this offseason is Ohio State has enough talent to beat the rest of these teams. So right now is his chance to say, I know how to harness talent. I know how to get the best out of talent. And I could do it not only by how well I can draw up a play, but how well I can adjust to other teams and how well I can bring the best out of my players with some creative call, play calling and taking some chances because I trust these guys. So this is going to be the stage, these next, these, this game against Clemson about who Ryan Day is a coach. We've been guessing but we've been the favorite in all those games and we may be a favorite but it's going to be a pick em game let's be honest with each mm-hmm. other it's this is going to be a pick em game so to see how he brings this and what he wants to put his stake in the ground of who he is as a coach and the type of program he wants to run and really get step out of the set shadow really quickly quite frankly of urban meyer and uh and put himself as a person that you talk to when you talk about ohio state football that's what's going to be happening right now, and I'm excited to see what what he does with that. I, I'm in, I'm interested to see if there is any, you know, motivational issues with Clemson. Hey, this is their fifth time now in a row they've been to the playoffs. If I'm not mistaken, I believe this is five straight for Clemson. You know, they've won two of the last three titles. Is this kind of old hat for them, right? Um, 
so, so that is something to watch. Um, and, and it also, what will prevail for Clemson in this? What's going to be the, the, the larger factor? Will it be that they haven't played anybody and they haven't found themselves behind the eight ball? They haven't found themselves down by double digits late in the game. Um, is that, are they going to have trouble in those circumstances? Or will kind of the, the, the championship uh, DNA of this program shine through, right? The, 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 the team that's been to the last four uh, national title games. Is that the Clemson team we're going to see? So it, it'll be very interesting. And I do think Ohio State, they earned something last night with that win. While they ended up losing the number one seed, I do think they grew from the way they had to come out in the second half and dig deep um, to win that game. And I think, I think they gained a little something after the third quarter of the Penn State game as well that can serve them in the playoffs. I do believe in that sort of thing. I do believe in battle-tested. I do believe in scars, you know, and how they can benefit you when the competition really stiffens. So uh, I, I'm excited. I mean, hey, this is – if I had told you guys before the season started, we would be 13-0, something Urban Meyer never did at Ohio State – and the number two seed in the playoffs, I think we would all take that, right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't have too many qualms with that situation. So, uh, well, Salona brings up a good point. You could make the argument, right? I mean, Day is definitely going to play the disrespect, you know, to where the two seed uh, we dropped from the one seed. But maybe more importantly is, is he now sort of coaching with house money? Right. I mean, to me, the Michigan game will be the most pressure that he will have faced all year long. Going into that game, ranked number one, right, and mm-hmm. just following the footsteps I set up before of, of Trestle and Meyer, he just couldn't lose that game. Um, so now he's here in the playoffs, and a lot of people, um, I, I myself included, didn't think that they would do it their first year. Here they are. So does he coach looser? Is the team looser? And I think a loose team is definitely an advantage going into games like this. Yeah, I, I, they were looser in the first half of the year for sure, right? I think as as you know, it came down to the wire with Penn State, Michigan, and now the the Big Ten title game. I, to me, as a you know, granted I'm three thousand miles away watching on television, but to me, they didn't seem quite as loose. Uh, as they were, you know, through those first eight games. You know, earlier in the season, they had to earn their stripes with the pollsters and with the playoff committee and with the the, the talking heads. Uh, not a lot of people were picking them, right? It, there was a, a good, what, month of the season or so where people still thought Michigan was going to come out of the East. So, yeah, I like Ohio State in an underdog role, and I think that's, I think that's largely what they're going to be viewed as, is the underdog in this game. I don't know what the Vegas line will ultimately be by, by the time they kick this game off. But I think a lot of the, the talking heads are going to be picking Clemson in this game. So while I'm disappointed not to get the one seed and a more favorable matchup with Oklahoma, I do like them in an underdog role uh, in this game. I think, they'll, I think that, that will suit them well. Guys, any other uh, observations, thoughts you'd like to share about the playoff matchup with Clemson? All right. Another great effort for Sunday. Thanks for making the time, guys. We will schedule some kind of a preview pod over the next three weeks. Uh, thanks for making the time, and have a great Sunday, boys. Go Bucks. <laughs>